You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It is the, what day is it? Oh man, it is the 18th of November, 2021. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And time is flying so fast that it is Cyber Monday, like 10 days from now. Yeah. I am, yeah. uh... <laughs> It's, it's, I'm blown away. I mean, like we've been living at a time for the last, I don't know, for the last uh, 20, 21 months during the, during the, 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 the uh, during the pandemic. But um, this autumn has just passed by so quickly. Next week is Thanksgiving. One of the things I'm thankful for is we're not going to be here. We get like a great four day weekend. Um, and well, we're not going to be here live. We're actually are going to be here because uh, the other day, I don't know if friends saw this on, on, on Twitter or on Facebook. The other day, Dave and I had the, uh, the, 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 I don't know, the privilege to interview uh, Middle Gandhi and Mark Traphagen from SEO Clarity about the uh, 59-page study they, they released earlier this month. And that was a really fun conversation. It is. I'm going to like hold back on saying anything because listeners just need to like tune in because they like it, it was an awesome, such an awesome interview. And I'm glad we actually had it on a time where we weren't going to be doing like a new segment, like a, as a pre record, because we got to actually take a rare occasion. We got to actually pretty much take a full hour to actually just dive in. And there was more than an hour of great content to be to be created out of that. So we'll, we'll drag them back. We, we oh, absolutely. Well. You know what we should have done? We should have just kept on going and going and going until they noticed that we'd had the mod for like two or three <laughs> hours and then just made a whole bunch of shows out of it. That's what we should have done because it was a, it was one of those conversations. And uh, I can't I can't wait to play it next week. If anybody wants to load up a, a podcast for for travel during Thanksgiving, um, I dare say that's one of the ones you want to put on your on your playlist because it was a 
good conversation. There's a lot of stuff to get out of that report. Exactly. And you can call it work and drown out the relatives you might want to be not listening to. So, you know. (laughs) Although, since you're in the SEO world and, you know, there is no such thing as a vacation for SEOs. I mean, you're not allowed. Just accept it. It's just mm-hmm. the way it's the way it's always it has always been thus. Uh, things that don't age well, SEOs, um, <laughs> because we never get vacations, and uh, tweets about uh, aspects of SEOs such as whether we're going to have a core update soon or not. Did you see that the other day? This is really funny. On uh, November sixteenth, uh, uh, SEO James uh, James Dodd uh, tweets to. Uh, John Mueller asking, you know, is there going to be a, a, a core update in uh, before Christmas or, or in 2021, or, or can we relax? Mueller writes this really long thing back about how, you know, sometimes they have one scheduled and they they don't release it, like like uh, up until an hour beforehand, uh, they, they, they don't launch it, or they don't even announce it, and sometimes it just gets launched. And then he puts TLDR, too long, didn't read, I don't know. Predictably, or unpredictably, I don't know how you want to look at it. Um, 52 minutes later, Google Central, I guess the other side of the office, the one that John's not sitting on, um, announces core updates happening. Yeah. So the right side of the office or the left side of the office. Um, anyway, so we are, there's a core update going on, and people are talking about volatility in the search results. Um, I'm seeing limited volatility, but it's out there. Um, Another core update. What? Yeah, I I know. And on the, uh, you know, I'll say it the way they want me to say it. The SEMrush sensors, I hate it. Kind of, I I think I'm going to have an itch and a bit of a rash from just having had to say it that way. But uh, the SEMrush sensors are going nuts um, right now, showing incredibly high volatility. And I've got to say, um, on like, of course, first thing I did this morning, checked all of the, the daily ranking reports. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's going, it's going nutty. Um, like I've had to have a few, you know, send out a few like uh, little messages to people going, don't, don't panic. Um, you know, in, in either direction or don't pop the, the, the cork on that champagne, right? Like that's, this isn't a thing <laughs> that, uh, that you need to be doing. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's. I guess interestingly, you don't seem to to have um, had it impact the people you um, are, are directly working with. Um, the people, even ones that I'm not actually working with right now, but you know, I still like run for making reports if I got like room in my metrics to like keep running them on on like different types of campaigns that I might have worked on historically. Um, and I, I'm seeing quite a degree of volatility. Like I'm not talking like wow, they went from position three to page three sort of levels of volatility, but I'm seeing volatility across a large number of keywords, only a couple positions in most cases, sometimes up, sometimes down, but significant change when I look at the breadth um, of, of keywords impacted. So it's it's really, really um, the last two, like the two in the summer, like hardly a, a whisper, um, but this one is is at least for the site types um, that I'm monitoring, it is more um, severe. Uh, and I don't mean severe is necessarily bad, but it is more, more impact, more impactful. More impactful, sure. Yeah. 
Now, for what it's worth, this may or may not have an impact on how this core update is rolling out, but this is, we know it's rolling live, so it's not done yet. These are the early hours. It just started rolling out in the last, what, uh, 24 to, 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 to 36 hours. Mm -hmm. And we know Google is like a massive, like the world's largest water balancing machine. A little yeah. bit of, little couple drops go into here and it sets everything off balance over there and it's got to rebalance. And the volatility could go on for, for a couple of days. But as you were saying, Dave, like a, a sudden surge or a sudden drop doesn't mean um, you've fallen off the cliff or risen to you to uh, to the heavens. Um, you might settle out somewhere in the middle when it's all done. Well, exactly. And you know, I, I just to pass some sympathy to people who are or not sympathy, but but go. It's okay. We all do it. Um, to to people who might have been impacted, either good or bad. But this is usually your instinct when when you see some, some negative things, um, especially, and we've all been there. Two thirds of things are up one third are down and your eyes immediately drawn to the red. And you're like, what's going wrong. It's like, no, you're more up than down. But even after I've been doing this, what 20 years, something like that, or, or, or something heading into the, the 20 year market at this point, And I still cannot help myself like 12 hours in seeing ranking reports and going, what do I need to fix? It's like, <laughs> nothing. Just stop. Like, there's nothing to do right now. They say, like, this thing might take a week or two to roll out, like, completely. And then, as you say, the balancing act that's going to come after that, just yeah. chill. You know what? <laughs> Let or it just, keep, out. just keep doing your work. Improve title tags. Improve the content. Um, make sure that there's, like, a clear path from concept A to um, purchase decision now. Uh, to you know, yeah. make a clear link, make a clear link path, so that you can get from from point A to point B, D, and C in the uh, in the website. Um, make it make it easy for the user to use the site and Google to understand what's going on, and just keep on doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that's you know. No, now, one thing I do think you can get early on, and, and do not act on it, folks. And and I'm, I'm I, I try and like hold myself back on on acting on it as well. But one of the things I do find interesting to look at very early on is because that pendulum does sort of settle in the middle, right? That sort of like water balancing act that you were talking about earlier, because it does sort of seem to settle in the middle. It usually does come much more aggressively in the first wave. I do find this an interesting time. And if you have like daily ranking reports running or something like that, you can go back and look at this like over the weekend or, or something, which is when I'll be doing it. But if you look at that first wave, you can often get some insights into what are they trying to do? Because by the time they do settle, it might be a little more subtle, a little more gray, the areas they were trying to impact. Whereas that first wave before they've done their corrections can sometimes, not all the time, maybe not even most of the time, but can sometimes be a little more telling in the areas that they're trying um, to, to address or, or the types of keywords um, and, and the clusters of them that might be impacted. So just something for, for listeners to go, you might want to look at the 24 hour, don't act on it. There's nothing to act on, but it might be something to look at even after the fact when things do settle and go, what were they trying to do? Uh, here's where they ended up. Um, assuming that you have a, a system where you can go back and, and look at previous uh, well, also frames. Tr track it. Makes nice graphs. <laughs> track it. It makes nice graphs. <laughs> now, I do got a problem here. And that maybe, maybe, maybe you guys can help me out with this. I don't know. Um, actually, I, I know what I'm going to do, but 
I got like two fairly major websites that are just about to go into migration. They're <laughs> they're waiting for um, uh, Black Friday slash Cyber Monday, and after that, e-commerce web traffic may as well just drop off because the post office ain't getting it there by Christmas. Right. So if you're going to be doing your migration start looking into December. This is a good time to start planning and then and, and start start getting the ball rolling. And right now is when I'm taking my very final measurements of mm-hmm. the website. Mm-hmm. I should have done it last week. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> now, luckily, you can go back and, and, and set the dates and get the analytics from, from those periods. But yeah. I have to do that extra step now because I didn't do it last week. And yeah. these are large sites. So there's a lot of information to gather. Well, and this is why I think Google should always give us a week's notice on every update. That's right. <laughs> and at least they should give John and Danny an hour's update. That would be polite. <laughs> yeah, I think they, I don't know if they were kind of like trying to throw John under the bus there. I don't know what was going on. But... No, no, you know what? It's, it's, it's like it's like John said in the, in the tweet that he the long tweet he originally sent back. These things happen. Um, the engineers plan this stuff out. And um, sometimes just before launching, they decide not to and sometimes um it all happens very 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 quickly mm-hmm. so um google's trying to accomplish something what they're trying to accomplish is anybody's guess it'll probably make them money and uh there you go mm-hmm. so one thing they might be trying to accomplish this is an <laughs> this is an actually it just it just occurred to me did you the translated search what's yeah. happening uh, especially what's happening in india yeah. What do you think? I love it. I love it. I, th- I, I You know what? I love it in intent. I think mm-hmm. it's wonderful intent. So just so the listeners know, um, Google is taking um, uh, uh, search results, and mostly everything is phrased in English uh, uh, in, in, in Google SERPs, even in uh, places where English isn't the predominant language. English is the predominant language of the web. But it's not necessarily the predominant language everywhere the web is. So, say you're say you're in India and uh, you speak Hindi, but everything is is in English. Um, you obviously have a working knowledge of English, but it would be so much easier to understand if everything was in Hindi. So, Google will now deliver uh, search results to you, um, translated. The, the title and the, the meta description will be translated into the dominant language of the the area that you're at or the language that you have set. And uh, if you click on those results, you will then go through Google Translate's filter and the websites and all that stuff will also come up in those languages. Mm-hmm. And again, it, the intent of this is wonderful. I think this is what this is what the internet should do. You're right. But have you seen Google Translate? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wars are started over the, over this kind of sloppiness. Yeah, it, it's got two core. Okay, there's got big problems. I mean, one is is you're right. Like it, Google Translate isn't, isn't good. Um, and I think oh, one of the problems they'll, they'll fit. Well, okay. Yeah, you're right. It is actually quite good for what it is, but, but, um, but it, it leaves something to be desired. And when you're clicking on a title and description that might indicate, Hey, you're about to find what you, what you want, because it is in your language. You may infer when you land somewhere else that that's that, 
the, it might give you a false optimism <laughs> on, on the grammar level that you're about and the, the accuracy of the translation that you're about to land at just because you were presented with, with the, the lang- your chosen language. Um, then there's some actual technical problems um, in, in that I deal with. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, somebody I can, I can name here. Um, but I work with a, a company, um, weights and biases, right. In, in the machine learning space. And there's, there's plenty of them. I mean, think stack exchange, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. you can think anybody in the tech space, we have the no translate, which Google is respecting in regards yep. to this. They said they, they respect it. Well, there, there's some technical reasons, um, just because of the build of the site. Um, but there's also the reason that we're using code samples, and if you try to translate like a code sample, which tends to be in English, like code tends to have English install, right? Tends to be in English. You can't just translate that and it, have it still work, you know, when, when you launch Visual Studio and, you know, open up to, to edit in Python or whatever, right? Like you can't just drop this code in, translate it and, and have it work. So we have to have no translate um, in there. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden that's not going to work. So it's going to break in, in some, edge well, cases now there's some little workarounds to that there is, there's a there's, there's, you can opt out of translated serps yes and um if you've if your serp result is not translated then there's no filter to to, to, to trigger right so the, the page itself um also there's got to be a way you could you could still tr- have a translated page but introduce that code snippet inside of an object of some sort that wasn't subject to uh trends to translate there's got to be some method absolutely um there actually is you can go through like tags and stuff and you go okay in this span no translate like these these spans it wouldn't work for something like comments or or whatnot in our in our case there are a couple other technical reasons why we just have to apply it universally to pages because things just sort of like break um but that that's more unique to like i'm not going google should change everything just for us um <laughs> that's that's not what what they should do but there are going to be some edge cases where it doesn't work and and another area where I, I think will cause problems um is in anything that requires a high level of sort of skill and authority right where having a even where, where just the nuances um, of something being translated might be lost. Um, I'm thinking of areas like health um, mm-hmm. and things like that, where it, it needs to be a hundred percent, right? Like there's a reason why, like, like YMYL sites are under like such scrutiny um, when it comes to like the quality raters and, and, and algorithms revolving just around them. So I, I do wonder how this will apply to them, where if all of a sudden you take some English content and translate it into Korean and then drop it on them, but it's trying to give health advice, where might things be lost that actually causes damage, right? Like um, that actually hurts people. I'm thinking somewhere between hand and mouth. Right. Um, yeah, that's 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 really scary, actually. Um, somebody should note that and run searches uh, through Translate just to see what comes up and how. Yeah, and does it? Is there a nuance? Because there are just weird things. Like I don't even know the weird things about English until I'm talking to somebody who isn't English as a first language, and they're like, "What did you mean by that?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that did not at all." <laughs> mean how it comes across literally and i do wonder in in technical in in finances in in health um where yes. do we drop those it just they don't translate well it makes perfect sense to us but we just use weird 
we use words weird and it's okay. So does everybody else, but we all use them a different weird. Um, <laughs> so. English being the, the mutt language that it is, the amalgam yeah. of, of everything um, <laughs> with invented words coming into the lexicon, like, I don't know, as quickly as uh, videos get launched up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can yeah. get confusing quickly. Um, there ought to be a thumbs up and thumbs down button for uh, for words, eh? <laughs> nice segue. Thanks. And if you got a yeah, and if you have YouTube videos, you might not find those a thumbs down. So yeah, they're removing the thumbs down button from uh, YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of neat. Um, I think it's oh, it's a weird one. In one way, I think it's really good. In another way, I I, I get where uh, YouTube. Um, co-founder um jared kareem comes from where he's saying this will destroy the platform yeah i think that's not a bit much (laughs) (laughs) yeah youtube is fairly um uh substantial yeah i think yeah um i think it's um more than a fad (laughs) there's countless millions of videos are uploaded every day like that's phenomenal, and uh, the, the the founder uh, uh, Jared is is, is saying um, people need a way to discern whether this is good content or bad content. Um, my problem with YouTube is people aren't able to to discern what is factual and non factual content, much less what's good or bad. Um, I don't know if a thumbs up or thumbs up button really helps with that, though. No, and the thing is, like, instinctively, I, I like this. Like, I, I get, I mean, obviously, he's, he's an authority on it, right? Like, he's one of the, one of the founders. So, like, I, I get it. And it's not just him. It's not just, like, one lone person. There are other people saying that this, it, it does serve a benefit. Um, I personally, and, and after watching, you know, the, the, like, misuse of the angry and ha-ha is like the ha-ha mm. actually becoming more just like this passive aggressive douchebaggery reaction uh, in, in most <laughs> cases on facebook um you know that that the misuse of those i i actually quite like it and how often have you and I, i'm sure a lot of people have landed at a youtube video and you're just sort of watching it i don't know it could boil down to something as as simple as you know, you're, you're watching like a video from, I don't know, Jim, you and I are about the same age, right? You're, you're watching some, like, it's the actual video from like some like 1980s band, right? Like, and it's got all these thumbs down and it's like, no, you, but you don't get to do that, right? Like, that's not appropriate here. Don't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have been here if this isn't what you wanted to see, um, you know, or, or something just inert like that. Like I'm just listing like these like examples that I keep getting. Reportage of an historic event getting thumbed down. Exactly. I've seen like walkthroughs of like tech reviews, right? I was looking up a keyboard that I just bought, but I was looking up reviews and I'm like, no, this is like just some guy's review. Like, and it's, it was like pretty good. Like it wasn't like a crappy review. I'm like, you might not like the keyboard, but it is what it is. Um, you know, so I, I, I actually like it being pulled out. I think like, I think having something there that allowed a user to define for themselves, like basically send to Google a signal going, don't like this stuff. I think that aspect of a thumbs down to be good. It's the count um, that I find kind of annoying, like letting people thumbs down and going, yeah, just send a signal to us that you don't like this kind of stuff. And then we'll just make sure you don't get it because it doesn't apply to you. No problem. And in fact, I have a feeling some people might even be using it as that function. They're going in there going, don't want to see this, where it's yep. not actually as much a judgment of that video as going, 
I need to signal I don't like stuff like this. Like th- this doesn't apply to me. It's ideological or political. It doesn't have anything to do with the veracity of the content, quality of the content, or the usefulness of it. it. It's just because they don't like it. I don't like it. And I, like, heck, I could see myself doing it if it's like, no, you just, I, I've landed at this video. It's ranking for a thing that maybe it shouldn't, as far as like serve, getting served to me. Um, you know, so should I let the system know I, as Dave, don't care for this kind of video? Sure. Right. But have so having that thumbs down button would be beneficial, in my opinion, but without the count. Like there is no. Yeah, I, get I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, there's no reason to pump it up if there's if it's not being counted. But if it benefits you in the way the algorithm sorts stuff, then you're sending them a, a signal that is beneficial to, to, to your content usage in the future. My problem with the with and I've always had this problem with user recommendations and stars and uh, it's the wisdom of the crowd is great <laughs> when you're polling, but the crowd is really emotional and they don't really think about stuff. They just react on stuff. And um, you now now see businesses getting um, pushed around with star reviews. I had this, I had this one yeah. client who um, the, 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 the reviews in Google.com or in Google, in, uh, Google Local, um, yeah, what they're calling it now. Um, it was Google My Business. Now it's um, Google in My Business or something. But um, the uh, star reviews—they they were getting totally pushed around by clients because they were so scared of getting a uh, a low review. So clients would give them a low review and then force them into negotiations so they would change their review. Right. That's abusive. Right. It's um, it's 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 too simplistic a system and it's way open to abuse and people are just so mean on the internet that giving them this extra tool as you said of douchebaggery it's like uh, i don't know like um at the same time i can completely understand why uh why it would be a useful tool to help suggest this is and is not a good video um maybe again as you said taking away the uh the endorphin rush of it, of being, uh, of it being a visible vote. Right. It's not a mob thing you can like get behind. It's just something you can use as a tool to adjust what you have displayed to you. Um, thing is, as the web develops, especially in areas like e-commerce and um, self-entertainment, like 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 YouTube, um, these tools are going to be more and more used, more and more important, and have a greater role in how um, recommendation engines produce content from one website or another website or another website. Um, like, look at what like things like Travago do, eh? Um, the, uh, the travel app or Expedia. By spidering every other travel app out there and using a whole wealth of uh, data sets to that and they'll figure out the optimal packages to offer the user. I think we're going to be seeing that um, in in e-commerce in the future, especially if we move into a metaverse where things are represented in, in, in some physical um, representation or some mm-hmm. quasi-physical. Um, we'll we'll have to be drawn from a bunch of different sources to make those those spaces, especially if it's uh, like entrepreneurial mm-hmm. and not owned by Amazon. Um. 
so yeah, yeah, long and short of it, these things, these these ratings tools are going to be used more and more frequently and have a greater effect on how algorithms see objects. We really should think about them being more simplistic than thumbs up and thumbs down. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Uh, now I'm going to segue us because it, it relates to something you were <laughs> you were talking about there. Um, and it was the Google business profile. Um, and, and a story that uh your friend of mine, Mr. Mike Blumenthal. Uh, yeah, dude knows stuff about everything. He is, as it he is to local. Lo yeah, he is the local SEO local. Um, and he caught an interesting insight um, that I I hadn't noticed um, in going over there, where Google is actually using it. I this is glad they took the "Don't be evil" off because this is just bad. Um, mm -hmm. If you went over to your Google My Business profile, good catch, Mike. Hat tip to you. Um, and, and you 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 click through one of the things that it lists, like it, it all of a sudden has some like little panels where like if you're a manager, you logged in and it has like little information bubbles. Keep your customers up to date. Claim your Google Ads credit. That sort of stuff appears there. Mm -hmm. One of them was new laws may impact your business that takes you to their antitrust, like their spin on antitrust um, legislation that's going on and stuff. Like basically they've just made oh. it their political spin um, location. Okay. So what is this button? You push this button. What does it do? Um, it just takes you to another page. Like it, it's not a button for like, it's a button or it's a carousel that takes you to additional information or okay. like additional pages on their site. So Google gives you its um, quote unquote grassroots spin on freedom of entrepreneurial um, enterprise and making money on the web. Yeah, exactly. And when you go to that page, it has the cost of making it harder for customers to find you. Basically, their spin on why you should just let them keep going uninterrupted in just taking over the whole, like every ecosystem that they want. Uh, like, and now not getting into the debate, should they or shouldn't they? Because that part's not really like... That's not what we're this this part is, is sort of talking about, right? Like we, we can get into that, but we can have whole shows and there's people who specialize in like antitrust lawsuits and, and stuff like that. Um and, and the pros and cons of like if we stop them, who's gonna do that? Right. Like I mean, but this is a sneaky ones. way of introducing this idea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is not how this should be done or, or the place for it. That is not what the business owner is there to do. And you're catching, I mean, admittedly, you're catching a very targeted group of small business owners, sometimes bigger business owners, but bigger business owners are going to tend to have agencies doing this. So you're going to catch a lot of small business owners who are, who are just going to go, oh, making it harder for customers to find me. That's horrible. I hate that. Right? Like, and fair enough, they, sh they should if you're being told that customers aren't going to be able to find you without actually being able to like dive further into it. Like you and I talk about this all the time. A lot of our listeners are like listening to podcasts like ours. They'll, they'll have some additional insight, at least as far as going, I know whatever Google's telling me isn't hundred percent true, right? Like you may not even know the full story, <laughs> but you know that we're all marketers. This is a spin, right? Like yeah. they're trying to be able to get away with everything. That's their job. I don't blame them. Um, but this is, is not the right place. I appreciated Mike catching it, sharing it. Cause I hadn't noticed it before, um, before, um, he had shared it. Um, mm -hmm. I was able to duplicate what he's seeing though. So, um, and for everybody, you can go to nearmedia.co, um, and, and Mike's uh, piece is over there and, uh, and you can see exactly what we're, what we're talking about here. And, uh, yeah, don't be evil went by the wayside. 
<laughs> well, I mean, don't be evil went by the wayside shortly after they wrote their first IPO doc. He was telling everybody <laughs> how they were going to do everything different and not be evil, right? You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's accurate. Yep. And that's around the same time that they started giving up the ghost on pretty much everything that they were trying to protect such as privacy and uh that's you know that's this is and that, well at the same time taking um data and information away from folks like us all in the name of uh, greater privacy of course but this is around the time when they're introducing the um remarkably prescient um and present chrome browser which is you know, the Chrome browser is pretty much everywhere you go. Even if you're not using it, the Chrome browser is still there. Mm -hmm. um, and you're in incognito mode on the Chrome browser. And that's your Google. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't even know who's there, but there's a lot of folks there. Um, so that's between you, all those midgets, those naked midgets, and everybody else watching you, in including... Um, Edward Snowden, who isn't watching you directly, but is watching over you in this beneficial sort of uh, crit critical way. Um, he came out the other day and went to town on Google and Danny Sullivan about um, about privacy, people's <laughs> privacy rights. I loved him. Uh, like watching that. Nope. I mean, you like that's the statement. <laughs> it's like, oh, OK. Yeah. Just just calling him out there. He actually hits on some things I'd never really thought of before um as as some big uh big concerns like um calling it and it is hostile from the standpoint of privacy like scripts required captchas for certain things and it's like oh right you're requiring a me to become visible to you for this thing right like you're you're requiring that me to let you run scripts um you know it, requiring you know 
page redirect, like require basically a bunch of things. What I loved about that conversation was him sort of like, um, you know, listing off that search results are garbage like that, that I thought was, was, was funny. Um, but then Danny coming in and going, I think he's talking about site search and then his response, you just like, I just had to love it. Right. No, I definitely mean search engines and Google is the worst. (laughs) It's just like, all right, you know, just, just calling a spade a spade. Now he's clearly not saying by results. Google does a fantastic job there. Um, but when, and, and I'll get to Canaries in, in, in a minute here. Um, like in, cause that's part of like a, a different story, but, um, he is acting sort of like a, like a, a handy little canary in, in the coal mine um, in going, there are things we don't see about privacy concerns. And it does take somebody like Edward Snowden, like people who like know what to look out for on stuff like this. Cause I hadn't actually thought of like, I hit the recapture. I I've always sort of like jokingly thought of it as, I'm a machine learning person because I'm here training the machine how to recognize, you know, what a fire hydrant is, um, right, or, or, or whatnot every time I see one. But, right, like, this is actually built on the fact that I'm willing to share my data, right? It's just, it's built on that. I have to allow all these scripts to run um, for this to happen. I have a choice to do that. I don't have to. I don't have to use Google. But <laughs> well, well, I'm an SEO. I don't have a choice. But, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> but I chose this profession and I and I knew that. But I, I think he brings up a lot of good points. And I, I hope the folks at Google um, pay a bit of attention to that because I think a lot of the things they need to accomplish could be accomplished without maybe the same privacy violations. I might be wrong, um, but uh, but I, I, I would hope it's something that they, they consider when somebody like Edward Snowden comes forward and, and points out some of the things. So that we're talking about it on a podcast, right? Does it just go by the wayside or do we actually keep caring? Yeah, it really, really, really depends how you want the web to work, I'd imagine. I am so not an expert in this, but um, I, I am an expert in public policy. And I can tell you, um, it takes a great deal of individual data to run a city. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a huge amount of individual data to run a health system. Um, if you want, um, service to match up magically with, um, uh, uh, implementation need and, uh, uh, expense and costs, then, um, we need to really think about what privacy means in, uh, in public systems. And we need to think about the hardness and the effectiveness of closed systems, like the health system, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, there was a hospital in, I think, London, Ontario or Kitchener, Ontario, that was um, ransomware recently. And in the attack, um, data on X number of patients. And in Canada, the, the health, the, the, the provincial ministries of health collect a huge amount of data on us um, that was all available through this system. And, and, and that, that's all been leaked. So, to provide a strong healthcare service, we, we need to have and share that data. Mm-hmm. But there's massive privacy concerns um, about having and sharing that data. For instance, um, our capability of what we can do with data far exceeds the care we take um, in securing it. Right. And so hackers get in and like, you know, now the insurance companies know that um, Joe Smith over in London, Ontario's um, got cancer, and um, he's probably not a good bet for insurance right now. That sucks, right? 
Yeah. Now, this is a little bit different than Google tracking you, but it's not. Google can tell what diseases you have by the searches you do. Absolutely, Google can tell what's going on with you by, by searches that you do. Um, it's, it's, and, and, and I've seen it pointed out, and I'll just point it out to our listening audience, but by the searches you do, you don't actually find out what you have. Uh, <laughs> you find out what was SEO'd best. That is often <laughs> true. Meanwhile, the machine is still hoovering up so yeah. much information that you're giving it about yourself. Yeah. And we're trusting. And th- you know what? I'm 53 years old. And so far, all that's helped me. I don't think it's hurt me. But I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. Um, maybe I have a premium that's higher than it should be. I don't know. Right. Um, yeah. Privacy is something we really need to think about in the coming years. Um, we are, again, we're going to, I hate to throw the, I want to find a different term than metaverse. I don't like the term metaverse because it's it's now Zuckerberg's term. Yeah, it was a good term until a couple <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> but we, we, if we are entering a holographic web, um, we really, 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 I think, could you imagine privacy concerns a holographic web? We need to tie that avatar back to you as a person. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a huge field moving forward. If anyone interested in law, check privacy as a field of law. You will be you will be employed forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they can AI that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'll, I'll probably be surprised, but not soon anyway. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, I think we've vlogged that one pretty well. Um, what we're really trying to do is get Edward Snowden to tweet us so that he comes on the show. That'd be great. That would be. Um, it was really cool. We know that Snowden is um, monitoring Barry Schwartz. We know this for a fact. Yeah. So we're going to get him. I don't know how, but we're going to get him. <laughs> yeah. We'll get Barry and Edward on on the same show. That would be pretty cool, but it would also kind of cause a meltdown from you and me because I, I admire them both strongly. I mean, like, what do you what do you do there, right? Yeah, let's pull Danny on too, just to make it Danny Sullivan, just to make it <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Okay, what do you think of the Google? SC- Have you seen it? The uh, interactive SEO checklist. Yeah, I liked it actually yeah. when, when I saw it. I started playing around with some different configurations. I'm like, you know, it's very googly. Like they're not giving you any, you know, great insights if you're somebody, you know, like you or me, right? Like people who've been around for for a while and and we already know this stuff. But what I did like about it is it covers some things that might not be intuitive for, I said beginners, but like I always just try and think of a business owner who doesn't have an SEO. Like what can they do? And it provided some good solid advice when I look at it from that standpoint. And I actually bookmarked it because I'm like, you know, it might be something to like once a year use and just go, did you dot all your eyes, Dave? (laughs) Did you? Did you pay attention to each of these areas? I may not have to read all the articles to remember what's in each one and what I should be doing. But it's like I use those like checklists occasionally, like an audit checklist. Like I know all the stuff that's on the most of the time. Sometimes I see stuff that surprises me still where I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good point. But it's just like a, oh, right. Don't, don't skip this thing, right? Like just dot that I, make sure you're ruling. You and I've talked about that on the show before. Like 80% of the job is just making sure you've dotted all the I's. You don't have to care about stuff. 90% of which never would have had any impact at all, but you just need to know. You need to Mm -hmm. know that it's not this stuff 
So if something goes right or wrong, you can attribute it to the areas that are that are remaining. Um, when so I, I liked it. What did you think? Well, when I first heard that the checklist was being published, I thought it was uh, part of the uh, you know the conspiracy out there that Google Google is uh, conspiring to put SEOs out of business. Right. Um, and then I started using it. Started going through it for the uh, the developer, the um, business owner's perspective, the developer's perspective, and the SEO's perspective. Um, and then just for, for the audience who hasn't seen it yet, it gives you different things you might be thinking about if you're a business owner, if you're a dev, um, or if you're a, uh, a professional SEO. Um, I'm going to use it as a training tool, to be honest. I don't think it's part of Google's attempt to uh, flush SEOs out of the business. In fact, I think it shows how it helps demonstrate in a real simple way how incredibly complicated SEO is. I'm doing an audit for 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 another client who who just launched a uh, a new website on an or a, re- relaunched their website on a new on a new platform, mm-hmm. and, and the data points I'm touching on are like it's I'm, it's incredible the number of data points you need to touch on when you're doing a high level audit. And this is a really important client for me. Like like if so I'm going I'm doing the extra mile and then some, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, Tools like Google just published the uh, the SEO checklist um, again just shows how incredibly complicated all the number of different things and different ways you got to think when you're acting as an SEO. Yeah. One thing I always used I still believe that SEOs should know HTML. I do agree with John Mueller that it's becoming so much easier to make a website that you don't need to know HTML to make a website. But if you want to understand how the web works. You need to know the basic foundational language of the web. Yeah. I would yeah. think. <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. I, I think just understanding. If nothing else, I think it helps you have conversations with developers at a better level. Like you, you, you like I was actually on with one this there morning and I'm like, I, I can't possibly understand everything, but, but it helps me at least get a gist of how to present something to them as a problem. Well, and why this process should work when you think about it from uh, inception to 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 uh, implementation to outcome, why yeah. this works like this. We need to know how the machine goes. Yeah. That's something that Google can't teach people. Right. Um, there's there there's no way Google can 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 use a automated checklist to put a really experienced SEO out of business because the SEO has been gathering information about how all of this stuff works together for years and years and years and years. So I'm going to use this as a training tool. I'm going to train my clients by having them go through, go through this. And this is what I have to think about. Here's what I want you thinking about so we can think about this together and I can make better decisions. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a, that's a great tool. Actually, it's funny. I'm like, Oh, I should probably send this to a few people I know. Because you know what, They'll, they will. I, I'm pretty sure that if 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 I can coax a client to actually go through it, they'll call me and they'll they'll have a much more reasonable conversation with me about this, that, or whatnot afterwards. Right. Yeah. For instance, what if you have to go to the client and say, "Look, you need to redevelop your logo because it doesn't look good on a white background." And you know those schema guys, right? You know. <laughs> Another great segue, Jim. Yeah, well, you see, you should just be able to say that to your client, just that alone, and they'll go, "Oh yeah, I got it, man. I'm, I'm sending that out to the to the developers right now." 
But no, you have to go through this whole long conversation about what schema is, that you're not talking dirty to them. That's the hardest part. And um, <laughs> then, you know, well, it depends on the client you have, right? Um, and then you have to, you know, explain what the fix is. If the client knew already, <laughs> she'd be able to say, hey, the schema's not right on this one. and It doesn't look good on a white background. Got to get fixed. Because mm -hmm. as it turns out, um, the, there, there is a new directive for, for schema saying that schema for logos will only be effective if the logo um, renders well on a white background. And I think this is probably from all those guys at Schema and their side jobs as web developers when they go to uh, Google Images and they try to snag a image or a logo image and it always comes out black on white. <laughs> and they're just so frustrated, so they put this rule in. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because it, it makes perfect sense Like when you think of how they use images like mm -hmm. themselves um, and the example that uh, Barry had, had put in um, to his article, right? Like it makes per like they're showing it in a knowledge panel and yeah, like it's on a white background. It needs to look good on a white background. Uh, I had originally, like when I first saw the title was like, Oh, this is a horrible idea. Like I was thinking, Oh, it needs to have a white background. And that that's like my brain just had a hiccup in understanding what they were meaning for, for a second there. Um, then went, Oh no, it doesn't have to have a white background. It can be a, like a great big, like it can be what it is meant to be just as long as it renders well um, on uh, on a white background. I'm like, yeah, no, that that makes that makes good sense. It may require people to actually come up with a, a different um, you know, logo um, to to feed. However, like I can think of if I had a website with a black background, then my logo might actually just be like a, a brightly colored, um, you know, sort of sort of vector image um, sort of logo with a transparent background. Because my my site itself is has you know a black header or something like that, and if you actually just use that, as soon as it's put on white, it's going to be this like very lightly colored, um, you know, sort of logo. Once you put it on a white background, so now you're just going to have to take your logo, put it on a black, you know, put it in a black square or whatever the the shape of your logo would be, and, and sort of drop it on to the background that it should have, and and use that in your schema. Um, but I think it makes a lot of sense um, from Google's standpoint, and yeah, I think. A good, to your point, a good thing for people to be aware of, and it's a shame that only people that that listen to our our show or pay attention to these. I mean, it's not just on our show, right? But like, pay attention to these things on search engine land or or, or through Google themselves. Um, get to know that because most people don't. Yep. Um, most people can't use schema in a sentence without laughing. Right. <laughs> Valid point. Okay. Um, Have you seen? Uh, you know, I mentioned it. I mentioned that I was uh, doing a fairly massive audit for an important client, and so I've been spending a lot of time, um, well, half of yesterday to be precise, in the new PageSpeed Insight tool. You been there yet? I have. In fact, I was just there this morning. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty freaking cool. It like, is seriously. Yeah, it's faster, clearer, um, better. Um, Better actionable insights, um, which incidentally is really easily potable to uh, an Excel file. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm very pleased with the changes that were made at uh, at, uh, at 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 at, at PageSpeed Insights, including um, new information on the data collection period, on visit durations, on devices used when when uh, 
when 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 the assessment or the uh, when the assessment by by PageSpeed was made. Um, yeah, I think it's the information they're giving um, makes decision making easier. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and, and, you know, on top of PageSpeed Insights, like that's that's everybody's go to, right? Like uh, PageSpeed Insights to, to check these things. But I promised earlier or I referenced earlier that I would be talking about canaries again because Edward Snowden acts mm-hmm. as a canary. Um Lighthouse 9.1, which is is the version of Lighthouse that is used with PageSpeed Insights, is also available. And I can't, it's one of those like, did not know, I don't know why I didn't know this existed. (laughs) Um, But you can download Google Canary. It's a beta format of Google, uh, of Google Chrome. Um, So you can download it off of Search Engine Land's article has a, has a link to it, or you can just Google uh, Chrome Canary um, and download it. It's also being used through Lighthouse in the Dev Tools there, um, so you can you can you can also use it. Um, oh, okay, there. So, 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 so slow down here. Slow down here. Canary is is the testing Chrome, basically. Yeah, that's, that's the environment in which Google runs stuff against. Yes, and the next stable release of Chrome when it comes out in version ninety eight will also have this. But for right now, if you wanted it through Chrome, um, you would need to use Chrome Canary, um, which I'm now using. <laughs> wow, I, I did not know. Uh, today I learned. Okay, perfect. See, because I felt like kind of an idiot. I'm like, am I the only person that doesn't know about this? <laughs> no, um, I'm um, I'm actually, I'm, 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 I'm ashamed of myself. I didn't know this, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually uh, really bugged that I'm not using it. Yeah, like some of the perks that they list on the pages is updated nightly. So it's not like the same version things, um, but some handy uses. One of them is listed right there is develop websites for the next version of the web. I'm like, yeah, that is great. <laughs> like when you're working on your website, test it in that because that's the version that's going to be coming up. Well, um, so yeah, if you're a developer. You... Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. So if you're a developer, that's just absolutely like a, a, a great great version to have so anyway um so that's called that's called google canary yeah aptly named yeah how long has google had a canary version of chrome that has been the test bed that 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 that, that most people haven't been using i have no idea i only found out about it like three hours ago or something when i like read that i'm like what Okay, and off I off I went to it. Clearly, Barry knew about it, but I didn't. Oh, Barry um, knows everything. I know, I know. He probably like talked about it when it like launched. So, <laughs> and I just like happened to have missed that day uh, because I took a day off, and he never does. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, how stable is it? That's my last question about this. Um, um, there is a warning that it is like it. It's not. It, it is like right there. There's like a checkbox basically going, this might crash. It can be unstable. And to sign up for this, your crash reports are going to go to them. <laughs> like, because that's what it's there for. It's to act as Google's canary. Yeah. Run, um, run, run that in incognito mode, I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what Edward Snowden would say about it, except that Edward Snowden have to go like, yeah, it tells you right there. Like this is big front. <laughs> it's like, we're going to be like sending usage statistics back because we need to know this. That's what it's for. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's really, really handy. If I was a developer, I'd be all over this. 
Um, and like I'm an SEO and I'm all over it because I, I think it's a super handy right now. I got it because yeah, it has some, some different, uh, page speed stuff in there and lighthouse versions. But, um, I do like the idea of sort of knowing, seeing sites as they will be seen in the next version. Um, not to say now as a warning to folks, if you do decide to download it and use it, if things look horrible in Canary and they don't look horrible in normal Chrome, also understanding that this is the canary <laughs> for Google. It's not to say that the next version of Chrome is necessarily going to break your site because they might be fixing stuff. That's why they're collecting this data. Um, so anyway. Um, so if canary only sees like uh, 29 of your 30 pages, it might think that you're an authoritative site or something. Right. <laughs> okay. Did you see that? There's this is our dumb news of the week. We're we're getting near the end of the show, and uh, this is the this is this is the dumb one I saw. Somebody I don't know who it was. I think it might have been Gary or John Mueller who um, published just a number, and he didn't mean anything by the number. It was just a number. He said you might you might want to have more than thirty pages in your website for us to consider you authoritative. <laughs> And I think he was being a smart ass. And again, he was saying like 30 isn't really a huge, I mean, 30 is nothing on a website, right? It's, 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 it's a, that's a brochure website. Yeah. Um, and that's what he was saying. If you're a brochure website, you're probably not the authority on any given topic. And somehow in the telephone game that we call SEO forums, that became um, a standard. You must have 30 plus pages to be considered authoritative. Uh, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, he was just saying a number. It didn't mean 30, and that's the metric, and then beyond that, all goes. He didn't mean that. No, and I mean, realistically, I can be authoritative with five pages if the, the authority I want is for Oregano's Pizza Victoria, BC. There's one. I will be the authority on that. <laughs> like, sure. Right, sort of thing, but um, yeah, I... I this is why I, I feel sorry for John. So John has people taking him way out of context and just on like a, a off the cuff sort of statement that was meant to serve like as an example of like a low level page count. He could have said 20. He could yeah. have said 50, depending on the on the competition level. And then he's got Google throwing him under the bus with updates like minutes after he said uh, that he, he didn't know if one would be one would be rolling out. And then they, they throw it at him. I, I feel sorry for John. Um, there might be a fellowship at Stern or something. You know, so. <laughs> no, I, that's just a. Uh, I, I, I hope that gets struck from the podcast. To be honest, I wish I had said that one. Um, because people take what we say seriously, and they should. Except when we say bullshit, we say stuff like that. <laughs> Good catch. Everything should be taken seriously except stuff like that. Uh, exactly. Okay, we got time for one more. And then, and then we've gone full clock. I'm not sure where to go, though. I'm not sure if we have any more stories. Well, I like. Um, oh. I think you had shared it the XML sitemaps, or do you have one? Oh, that's um, right. That's the other. That's the other story. That's it. This one is actually good. I'm not sure if it's dumb or not. Um, I thought it was sort of. So, if you have an old XML sitemap, you're doing a migration, or you move a website over something, you have an old XML sitemap. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you have new site maps. Um, you've got a, a, a new site and a new structure and everything, and you've published a new site map and everything. It's a smart thing to do. Your old site map is not going to help you. 
in fact, it's often pointing to resources that don't exist anymore and forcing uh, Google to go through a 301 to find the resource that does exist now. Mm-hmm. And so um, John Mueller put something up on, uh, on Twitter the other day. He was, he was asked about the, the, the efficacy of keeping an old sitemap existing um, and, 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 and registered in Search Console. And uh, I don't even know where that came from originally, but I, do, I, I erase them. I kill them and then and just rely on the new thing because Google uses the sitemap for discovery, um, not for any real crawling purposes. So I don't see the point to trying to drive Googlebot with an old sitemap. That just seems silly to me. You know, it's, it's interesting because back in 2019, John caused his own problem with this one. <laughs> you know I mean, where this I, came from. I, I only know the date. Uh, because I was dealing with a client and actually put up a sitemap exactly for this reason. Um, and it was, he had noted to the, putting up a temporary, as he's calling it here, temporary is fine, um, a temporary sitemap to tell Google to visit pages that have moved. Like if you're doing a domain migration, which was the, the scenario he was talking about there, we'd done a domain migration. Google was having problems hanging on to, or it was hanging on to the old one and it wasn't locking onto the new one. It basically, it was like holding the old pages. So we just submitted the sitemap to sort of shake the tree and go, come back. Here's the pages that you need to visit um, on the old one. And it did seem to speed up the dropping of the old pages. Uh, but that is absolutely anecdotal at this point. Like it served me. John had answered that question that it could be used for that purpose, uh, which he actually wasn't answering me. It was just funny that he happened to answer that question a week before I hit the problem, uh, which was just like a funny, funny timing. And that's why I remember the year. Um, but so he might have caused that. But outside of that one very, very limited use, I can't see why you would. Absolutely like you. Google bought and, and Google bought's a lot smarter now than it was back then, too. So um, now, you know, put up you fresh site maps, put up ones that deliver Googlebot to accurate URLs, that, that I think that's helpful to a degree. I don't think Google relies on the sitemap that it, the way it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, the sitemaps used to be like really important. Um, yeah. and, and to this day, um, I, I, I do believe Mueller when he says that Google sees the existence of a sitemap or of a uh, hierarchy of sitemaps as a uh, mark of web quality. Mm-hmm. I do believe that, um, although I don't know how much Google needs the actual XML feed to, to figure out a, a, a website, um, but it is helpful. So, okay. Lastly, if you see the uh, number of um, references to um, AMP pages coming from Twitter decreasing radically, it's because of decreased radically. Twitter is no longer um, defaulting to um, AMP pages. It's no longer supporting AMP. Um, and, uh, Many publishers, as many publishers are doing the same, um, AMP is a uh, dying um, format. Yep. <laughs> Thank God. Thank goodness. I'm glad. I, I hated it. I, I'm relieved too. Okay. We have gone full clock. We're 30 seconds away from the end of show. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Waste Media. We're reminding people to please go get vaccinated against COVID, protect yourselves, especially moving into a holiday travel period. Be safe, wear masks, um, travel safely, and congregate with your families and loved ones safely. We're not going to be here next week, but 
we will have a uh, amazing interview with the guys from SEO Clarity, uh, Middle and, and Mark, um, talking about the uh, click-through rate study. Tune in, grab the podcast, listen to that episode. It's a lot of fun and there's great information in it. In the meantime, happy Thanksgiving. We're grateful for you. Um, travel safely, be well, love each other, stay safe. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.